Hello again. This is your host for Talk Architecture, Naziati Muhammad Yaqub. And I'm still on the topic of theory of architecture. Context first, form later. This is part one. This series will focus on context specificities projects. And in particular, projects that are done in architecture school. Well, we try to do these types of projects and this type of design approach where we look at the context in great detail. Now, before I'd like to start again about this debate, because we, we did debate about this in the clubhouse room recently, I think about like last week. It was just between me and another friend. Um, and the other friend would, of course, argue that based on just that title, context first, form later, uh, he's a he's much experienced practitioner um, and he's interested in architecture education. Well, that friend said, no, you can't just have context first, form later. You do everything together. Now, my debate was, I, I argued that when it comes to students of architecture, they could you just go get enamored with forms and, 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 and somehow, because of the timetable, the scheduling, or how they manage their time, whether they don't like to read or they, they read but not enough, or understanding of the complexities of design is straightforward, and they learned in the first year um, to derive forms rather than to focus on the context. It's how students of architecture start in the first year. They 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 were taught the artistic process process rather than the architectural process. There is a difference. The artistic process or the design process that they had was looking into lines and combinations and uh, planes and and cubes and coming up with graphic communication, really, or projects that is to do with patterns. So when does scale come in? That's the big question. When does scale come in? And when they did precedence studies, um, it is not understanding scale together with precedence studies. There is a a certain exercise that was kind of like straightforward and, you know, the bare basic exercise of taking in an architect's work and, and making a model out of it and understanding maybe a 1 is to 20, 1 is to 10 model, a huge model. So online teaching doesn't allow for that, you know, because it's a group work, obviously, to do such a model. Um, so in the second year, there's that, that lacking in terms of understanding scale. So so they, they fall on to what they are comfortable with, which is finding form first. 
Yeah, they justify the design through finding form first, and then after that, they try to stuff the the context later or the content. And um, and it's kind of it's for the stronger students, meaning the students who are more persistent, um, who um doesn't get you know um what do you call it disappointed or dejected. Um, with the criticism that we give them, they're okay. But for those who get dejected easily, they have other problems to deal with. They, they can't cope with that because they want to get an instant gratification of the tutor saying to them, you're doing great. You know, it's, it's like there are a lot of factors involved in an online teaching as well. Um. In our studio, we have students doing a lot of online crits. Even though we have the chance to meet them face-to-face, it's called hybrid teaching. So the definition of context is something that is much more than just a situation or a background or, uh, you know, uh, what's happening at that place site context or urban context. It's, context is just purely to do with people and relationships. That's all it is, really. How does a situation happen? How does the background of something happen? How does a site happen, you know? There's people involved with it, and people will have to be in it with your design. If it is a site that is hypothetical and there's no one there, but when people are in it, there is an activity happening, there, an event. One of the things that context spell out, the, the definition is events. And narrative is talking about series of events, a systematic description of a series of events. So narrative and context are very closely linked. And how, how do events happen? It has to happen with people involved in it. Who are we designing for? For people. If we're designing for animals, then that's a different story. But we're designing for people. And um, what do they do? You know, if there's more than just one person involved in this, designing for more than one person. So you have a couple and you have a, they have cats and dogs and they have, you know, a farm. So you're designing for a context that is a new context which will happen that weave into the old context with the side context. So at the end of the day, when that quote came out that I talked about last time in the last episode, quote, design is the conversation between creativity and context. After Calvin McLeod, then is of course the form is the solution to the problem, which is to do with the context. Defining the problem is to do with the context. So context, specificity, the nuances, or whatever phenomena that is happening on site, at site, and whatever thing that you're gonna do, your intervention that creates a different phenomena, is everything to do with context. So that word can be interpreted in so many ways but at the end of the day it's to do with people so a bit about what's happening to my students now um, 
a couple of them, yeah, still form driven, but need to loosen up because it's just developing the maturity of design and massaging the plants and doing the 3Ds and, and getting it, you know, looking in exonometrics and 3D and doing conceptual model of the space and trying to um, focus on meditation and the space. Yeah, that's the project. The project is about meditation spaces or meditative spaces. And uh, the interpretation could be from uh, another concept like Zen Buddhism or Islamic prayer. And eventually they will have your architectural concept, your interpretation of uh, the, the concept before, you know, the non-architectural concept. So, and then you, you weave it in, you massage it, and then you come up with a design and that's it. That's one whole process in five weeks. Now, that's criticism. There will be criticism about the, the, the project and no doubt, but, um, in the first place, I, I kind of disagree that it's a hypothetical site. Um, I kind of disagree the curriculum states of a hypothetical site. I prefer it to be a real site. And um, it's easier when it's a real site because um, then, you know, things are added or one thing was added was it's made out of stone. The cliff is made out of stone. So um, those with this idea of having vegetation around the meditative, meditative space and how to um, grow in those vegetation would be, you know, like the, the real, if it's real or it's hypothetical, then you could actually go around it. So how real do you want it to be? Anyway, this is some of the things that lecturers have to deal with when it come when it comes to architectural design. What is the objective? So I just simply reminded the student that, in very clear terms, the pain now is you can't design properly. So the the relief or the desire is to design properly. So just go through the process. Don't talk too much about the presentation at the end, but, you know, just go through the process and come up with the architectural concept. There's a lot of factors here. One is the the person wanting to learn and the person who is trying to guide them. So I, I've preferred myself to be called a coach rather than a teacher or a lecturer or a tutor. I don't know why, but I think a coach... Well, a coach is for this time, this one year or one semester of a training course. A coach foresee or for, uh, foresee the problem at that time, what is to be done in terms of the exercises or what is needed to be done at that time and explain it to the student. So... It is a form of conversation, a form of agreement in a way. When you, when we converse with somebody, I mean, the project, obviously, when you have a desk script with a student or you have a one-to-one tutorial, there is an amount of, it's not a negotiation, you see, because I, I don't think it's a transaction. 
So the problem, if you see design process as a transaction, meaning, uh, you know, um, uh, you want to negotiate, uh, I, I don't really want to do that. I don't, uh, I mean, um, you know, I don't really want to listen to you. It's not about having to listen to the, the lecturer and having to accept what the lecturer's point of view. I will have to work with the talent that students have, the existing skills, the competencies that the, that student have at that point in time. If they're not, you know, they can't do something, then I have to like accept it. And it will take time for the student to mature or they're more technical oriented rather than conceptually oriented. Or they, they can't really visualize, they can't really interpret precedent studies as well as they could. So, I mean, there's limitations to what they could do at that point in time. They could be doing it better when the, there's a different condition, uh, maybe a different tutor, in fact, or a, you know, we, we can't say the student, that the student is, um, lacking in any way. So we have to accept what is, we can deal with at that time. What are the factors that, that come to play? The students are buying in into what is being done or the student liking you or hating you. You know, there's some things, those things happen. And as a tutor, I call myself a coach because I try to guide and see what they come up with and try to push along the way what drawings that you need to be doing so that you can see better. Because this is second year. You cannot assume that they learned everything the first year. You know, uh, and second year is still the foundation in a way of the whole architectural education. It's the first time that they think themselves as potentially an architect, going to be an architect. Because it happened to me as well that I actually um, liked the architecture course only in the second year when there are more um, things to do with the architectural project and less of the just design or art processes that I mentioned earlier. You know, you just accept that this is the curriculum that you have to deal with. And um, and that's architectural school. Overall, when I was doing um, when I was doing architecture in the 80s, it was a vocational sort of training, um, a technical um, school of architecture, technical bent. So I didn't have any much much theory um, involved there. So now teaching theory in the second year and trying to impart more of that, it's different. And um, But we know that not necessarily all students would be appreciative of that. Not necessarily all students want to be architect as well, but we cannot assume anything. And we just can only work on the evidence. Going back into the theory of architecture, context first, form later. Why is it that students of architecture feels um, kind of reluctant to deal with context? I mean, context is not tangible. Form is much more tangible. Form, you just, okay, you know, you you have a cube or a trapezoid or a rectilinear, rectilinear box or, you know, whatever, a curvy design. 
so many things, so many ideas that you could put in and just lay it out there. But thinking about the human being going through the spaces and using the spaces is much more complex than just creating boxes. So for the architecture student, this is like a threshold project where you're coming from the first year and a lot of what you did was drafting and modeling and then, you know, learning the basics. And you're coming in here and then you you got to explore even further these complexities that you need to deal with, you know, in terms of the functional aspects and interpretation of something that has some narrative, has some architectural precedence. So it's kind of comp- complicate things, you know. It's the, 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 the game is more complex than before. And you can't not do that, you know. You can't, like, shortcut the learning process for the students because, um, you know, I found some students in the fifth year, which is final year, not being able to understand context well, and they struggled a lot. So imagine the second year that if you get it right the first time regarding context, you'll be set for life because that is what it's all about. You're designing for people. You're not designing just... um forms or you know you're not just modeling things it's not just an illustration and we can still control it because first semester is about manual drawings they they use manual drawings to 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 complete their work in the first semester when it comes to the second semester when they use digital drawings that is when the learning stops or if one doesn't design in manually and only do production drawings with the digital stuff um that one doesn't really learn about design and one doesn't really massage the plans as well as one should so it's a shame if that happens so this is the um part one Continuation of context first, form later, theory of architecture series, where we explore these terms, this, uh, the word context and the word form as, uh, as a summary. Of course, form will happen because you need to have a building, but context will have to be regarded, referred to first, and find out first what it is. And it's part of the design brief, and it's basically about the human being and the relationships. And we're creating spaces to have these things flourishing, the human being and their relationships either on their own or with other people. So thank you for listening in to the podcast today and have a good day.